Hello, podcast world. Welcome to Vicarious Living, a show about a couple Midwest dudes breaking down all the beauty that is teen drama TV. Welcome to Vicarious Living. Welcome back to the podcast. Pipes back in podcast studio as we go back to the OC. Season three, episode four and five on tonight's pod. Quickly, though, housekeeping. Contact information, vicariouslivingpod at gmail.com. Get at us, kids, for all of your questions and hot fire takes. Also, Vicarious Living Podcast on the Instagram. Go there for all of our swag situations and to slide into our DMs. Okay. Let's transition to the pod with a little previously on courtesy of the Sandman, Mr. Sandy C. Previously on the OC. Are you saying that you want to be a social chair? Maybe. Don't move. I didn't steal anything. One month detention. Unless you want to give up your partner. They're reading Caleb's will on Friday. From what you've told me about your dad, I'd be willing to bet he's planned a surprise for you. Caleb Nickel was broke. Ryan and I don't go to harbor anymore, but it'll be fine. At least you guys have each other. If you stick together, everything will be okay. Deal? Deal. Should we dig in? Yeah. Season three, episode four. Didn't catch the title on this. Did you catch that? I did. It's called The Last Waltz, and I'll bring that up at the end as well. By the way, we should tell the kids, uh, we always forget to mention, this is actually, the entire OC is on HBO Max not Netflix or Hulu. Shit, I just wasted 2.99 times 2 on Amazon Prime. Dude, I've already told you it's on HBO Max. I definitely Actually, I don't it. have an I don't have an HBO subscription anymore, so Oh, I'm okay. not wasted. False alarm. But yes, HBO Max, that's where you go to get it. Episode 4 starts off Ryan's dropping Marissa off at a public school. Oh, rough. gross. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Again, we were private school guys, but I feel like in California where they live in like the houses they live, I would assume the public schools. Oh, are yeah. decent. I'm, I'm sure they're amazing. They're, they're, their tax dollars are going to probably unreal public schools. Right. So why, why is Marissa going to this trash Newport union? I don't know. There's like rats running across <laughs> the lockers. It, look, it feels like she's walking into prison on the first day. It it had prison vibes. And I also feel like they edited it like they do when Ryan goes to Chino. Like it's like they put some filter over the camera that's just like, hey, trash yeah, filter. There's over. a little a little bit of it's not almost it's not like a full sapia tone, but there's a little bit of a a uh, a layer over the lens when she's in public school. It's like the public school. It just makes it look a little grimy. But yeah. Yeah. All the kids are just like stopping what they're doing. And it's just like slow head turns as she walks down the hallway and everybody's sizing her up. And there's just classic gang yard bully, the random girl that stands nothing to gain by bullying some random girl she's never met. <laughs> yeah. the Bullying. We've covered that enough times on this podcast. The high school bullying is always so egregious in these shows. It never makes complete sense to us, but we kind of just suspend our disbelief for how egregious it is. Uh, the um, bully's name is Heather, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, she sucks. And she does this, she does this, uh, like, you think you're better than me? Kind of <laughs> line of questioning. How bad would it suck if you 
like you live your life in HD. And then like, as soon as you leave, like the cool confines of your private school and stuff, like you have to start living an SD life. Standard definition. Dude, everybody knows that once you go HD, it's impossible to go back. Completely impossible. So I don't know how Marissa does it at that public school. She's, it's like you, you view the whole world through this lens of like poop. Like now poop going, lens. going the other way is amazing. I, I was actually talking about this the other day. I still remember my first HD experience. We oh, got so a new TV, family got a new TV and the first game, like it was, you remember back in the day where only like five of the channels you could get HD on. It was like, yeah. they're rolling them out slowly. It just wasn't standard across every channel. So it was like NBC, ABC had it. I don't even know if CBS had it at the time, but it was the national championship game with Vince Young. Mm. And I could like, I could see the blades of grass on the field and it was just blowing my mind. So I must have touched HD a little sooner than you because I remember it was the NBA Finals. To your point, yeah, it's like, hey, ABC's got it. So the NBA Finals, I think it was the Spurs. And the, uh, might have, I forget who it might have been, Pistons or Cavs. I don't know, but I know it was the Spurs for sure. And yeah, I remember like, oh my God. This is so much better. <laughs> like, I see everything. Yeah, dude. So that, that's what Ryan is experiencing going from like Chino season one to Newport High School and uh, Orange County. He's like, he's getting that Vince Young blades of grass kind of vibe. Tim Duncan and, shooting a free throw yeah, right in his um, face. <laughs> Marissa is getting the experience where like HD has been out for like five years. So like almost every TV Every channel has it, but like occasionally you'll go to like an older dive bar that yeah. just didn't have updated TVs yet. Like nowadays in 2020, everybody has HD, but like right. there's that weird period where like every once in a while you'd, you'd see it just like, oh, oh, is this public school? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, Mar- Marissa's experiencing what all we all experienced when um, the 3D TV revolution tried to happen and it just <laughs> hit a brick wall. But everyone assumed that 3D TV was going to be exactly like going from SD to HD, like the in terms of mind being blown. And then it just wasn't. And like, I remember my uncle got a 3D TV and we went over for Thanksgiving and like pre Thanksgiving dinner. He had us all like sit on the couch, turn off all the lights in the house and all had to put these big bulky like glasses on and sit on the couch and watch this 3D TV. And everyone was just like, yeah, this this sucks. No good. No. <laughs> so anyways, that only kind of relates to what you're talking about, about Marissa, but I was talking TV. So kind of just like all melded together in my mind. Ryan, I'm 100% with you. Let's zag to Kirsten. She's now back uh, from Syriac, which is a uh, rehab center. She is back from Syriac in the family. Um I've got some Sandy hot takes right off the top if you want to go there. Yeah, right. roll them out. Let's hear them. Let me just start positively for Sandy because I always go negative with Sandy. So let me initially just start positive. His shirt to tie combo in that opening scene was prime time. Magical. Yeah. Blue yes. shirt with a white tie that had like the exact same shade of blue stripes on it. And it, and it just synced up 
perfectly with his eyebrows. Yeah. Um, I didn't write that down in my notes, but I noticed it. I'm with you. That's the thing is like with aesthetically pleasing things, like you don't really register it on the outside that like that feels good to you, but you just like, you know, your eyes feel good seeing it. It's like, I can't stop watching Sandy. It's just relaxing. Right. Yes. So that's a, that's a pro in Sandy's favor. Okay. Big pro. Okay. He's starting off good. And let me just say at the very end of this podcast, Sandy's going to get a whole lot of love because the move he pulls with Dean Hess at the end is fire. Yeah. That's a little teaser. Let me go a little negative though. I'm going to play a clip of Sandy just like t- like talking to Kirsten about what she's going to do with like going back to work or not going back to work. This is this is what he says to her. Listen, I've put this off as long as possible, but we really have to make a decision about the Newport group. Okay. What's the situation? Well, I've done my best to stay on top of things, but Caleb's financial troubles have left a huge hole in the company. Pretty soon all that will be left is the name. How long before we default on our loans? Six weeks. It's not too late to rescue it, if that's what you want. We could sell off some assets, restructure the debt. Option two? Sell everything and walk away. I'm behind you either way. And just so you know, this family is fine financially. So don't make this decision thinking that we need your income. We don't. It's time to let it go. I'll handle everything. (laughs) Now it's like, Sandy. Okay, you make what thirty k a year as a public defender? Is he still a public defender? Because he he goes in and out a couple of jobs. I believe so. Let's assume he is. He is, but he's been moonlighting as like the CEO of this real estate company while Kirsten's been away. Somehow he was the next man up for that. <laughs> Makes I don't sense. I don't know why. So whatever his salary, it's it's not a lot. They live in like a $8 million house. Yes. So they have two kids in a private high school. Well, which, well, not Ryan. Well, Ryan, we'll get to Ryan. Ryan's going the homeschool route after he got, which is so expensive. So your point stands. So private school and then private tutor for homeschool. And then both these kids want to go to Ivy League colleges next year, which is outrageously expensive. Yeah. So I'm just confused on like why Sandy wants like why they're good financially. Like, how are they good financially if she quits? The only thing that makes sense is when he goes surfing every morning, he's actually sponsored. Like he's got a bunch of surf sponsors Uh, and he's pro. And so like he's raking in a lot of like endorsement money on the side. Mm. so like that's why they're good financially i could see that like japanese denim they sponsor this podcast they might also sponsor sandy's surf career yeah it's like billabong o'neill japanese denim yeah with and japanese denim yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. with billabong yeah so so sandy does say this family said financially we have no (laughs) idea what that means but yeah it would be nice it'd be nice if she kept the job the only thing I can think is if she was making like fifty million dollars a year prior, and that, so like they just have <laughs> they have so much in savings that they're just that was good. my that was my assumption. Like they're already so rich, it's like they're fine. Like she was just working basically because she she needed to work for herself. It's just they live a very lavish lifestyle. I, it's hard for me to 
like I know she was probably making a shit ton is the is the VP of uh, Caleb's real estate company. But I just it's hard for me to think that like she's good forever on that job after, you know, the age of 40. Well, I mean, it comes out that the company's not worth much money or it's going bankrupt or something. So it's not like they're going to sell that off and get a big windfall. No, the company is actually in debt. It's worth negative dollars. So yeah, he was talking about selling off some assets or whatever, but couldn't have been much. Anyways, that was the negative on Sandy. Again, most of this episode is going to be pro Sandy. So I just wanted to get it out there. That annoyed me right off the bat. Introduction of Johnny Harper. This happens as well in this episode. Yeah, huge character. Real big. What's your initial thoughts on Johnny Harper coming into the mix? Uh, initial thought, like his initial swoop in on Marissa couldn't have been smoother. If you remember it, it was like yeah. some nice like locker game, like a, and a, like a locker flirt. Like, hey, either you're lost or you're the worst thief because she's like fumbling around with his locker. And he pulls the, uh, after they chat a bit, he's like, well, if you can't find your locker, you can just put your books in mine for now. <laughs> so it's like, he's got her locked in. Like they're, she's got her stuff in his locker already. Oh yeah. I just thought that was a pretty nice move. I will say this about going to public schools. I've never been to a public school, neither of you, but I know one thing about how to succeed in, in that public school lifestyle. And that's be able to open a locker by just hitting it with your fist. <laughs> if, yeah. You can do that. You will essentially hook up with whoever the fuck you want, and you will be hanging out with the coolest kids in the entire school. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. We went to uh, like an all boys private school. So like us fumbling around with the dial was fine, but yeah, you're right. You really make, make a living popping that thing with a fist. Opening it up. Yep. I'm like, making a big deal, but not making a show about it, but it's just like your mid conversation. It's casual. You got, you know, yeah. Like I've been here before lady. I, I do I feel got like this. that was a missed opportunity. Cause I feel like a lot of the action in a public, like a girl boy high school went down at the lockers. Right. Yeah. There was not a lot of action going down at our lockers in our all male high school. No, like none. Then the most that would happen is you would just, we had to share lockers and you would hope yeah. to God, you never actually like cross paths with the guy you share it with. <laughs> just like, please. I, like when- <laughs> I locked out because I had one, my, I shared a locker with one of those guys who just put every single book, pencil and belonging in his book bag and oh, just yeah. carry it around the whole day. So yeah. I, he never had anything in there. It's kind of nice. <laughs> Other guy, chili. Uh, Johnny's best friend. We gave him a lot of coverage. Um, Did you know all that stuff about how he's totally a murderer? He killed his landlady and then jumped off the roof of the house and killed himself. That guy. Jesus Christ. Yeah. He killed the his 81 year old landlady, killed the cat, jumped over a fence to a neighbor's house, assaulted some painters at a neighbor's house, jumped back, went up on the roof and jumped off that I mean, that's a wild day yeah so this guy that's that's him um he seems a little off i don't know i wouldn't have sounded like i don't think i would have gone that far but it seems a little off based on his character i just didn't like i was i was getting those vibes kara from the email she said like 
you know, essentially Kroger brand Seth Cohen, which is is spot on her her analytics on that because it's so true. It's like we got a Seth Cohen. Okay, fuck off with this this bullshit brand guy. Yeah, we're good. We're good. I mean, I guess the show is trying to do that a little bit on purpose, but he didn't have it. He didn't have that that Seth Cohen like like so je ne much, sais quoi. Like so much so that I think when they were auditioning characters to play Chili, like if somebody had that charisma that a Seth Cohen does and like tested really well during their audition, I'm thinking they just don't give that guy the part because they want right. this character to just be kind of a throwaway. Yeah, that's probably true. Like we don't want him coming in and like overwhelming the the cast. Yeah, like hey, it's it's fake Seth. We get it. Like he's gonna say some things. He's just gonna be a little little buffer character. So it's just not Johnny, his girlfriend, and Marissa hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> the three of them. Yeah, you know, this just reminds me of um, their lame friend group. No one has a lamer friend group than Ryan. Ryan in this episode. It was the most pathetic thing I've ever seen. So Marissa is now going to a new school. Ryan's homeschooled. By the way, clip awesome clip here from Seth. That's it? No advice? What advice? Call her, apologize. It's not rocket science. Man, you homeschool kids are pathetic. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect thing for Seth to say because Ryan is pathetic. He, <laughs> It's like, dude, look cooler than what you're doing. He's he's yeah. just like um, dropping Marissa off at school, picking her up from school. There's a point where like Marissa starts crying because she's pathetic and she literally has no backbone whatsoever. And she's like doing that damsel in distress and crying. And Johnny's over there at school trying to make her feel better. Ryan like comes in like, hey, man, back away from my girl, dude. And it's like, Ryan, it, whenever they it, Marissa keeps canceling on him, too. So it's like. He's got no one else to hang out with. He's like, hey, you want me, you want to hang out after school? No, sorry, I can't. Hey, you want to uh, go to the movies? Oh, no, sorry, I can't. And then he just like goes to that diner by himself and hangs out alone. It's like, right, just go home and play video games like where no one sees you. I don't know, dude. I, yeah, I, he came off really desperate this this entire episode. Bad look by Ryan. A bad look, like just a bad, a bad overall look. And I don't know. I just, that scene made my stomach hurt. Like they just, they started to do the like unfortunate coincidence type thing. Like oh. a couple of times with Marissa, where usually we're ripping on Marissa for being the, the worst in these, in these episodes. But in this, especially this uh, episode four, she's completely innocent in any of this stuff. And you just kind of feel bad for her because she's a fish out of water in the new school just trying to make friends and there's like a couple moments where it's like one you just mentioned where she's crying because she's getting bullied and johnny's helping her out and that's when ryan walks up it's just like there's nothing insidious happening and then they're already on like weird eggshells about that and then the second one is she's literally just planning on skipping the dance and staying home and uh, the new friend crew rolls up and they're like hold on on, let's let's we gotta we gotta fully break this that this am i getting ahead of myself yeah, well, I mean, let's go there for sure, but let's just back up one hot second because that scene is pivotal. Um, yeah, I agree with you. At the beginning of this episode, it was a lot of like bad timing, miscommunication. She's just innocently, she is trying to make friends at a new school. Ryan's like, you know, flying off. 
it's totally not her fault. Where it shifts into oh, there's a shift. There is a shift. There's a shift. Like there's a clear shift of like I was starting out and I'm like, God, yeah, Marissa. She's it's not her fault. She sent me a cameo. It's not her fault. She's not sucking here. Everything's cool. And then like status quo kicked back in and it was like, okay, now took a little hiatus from Marissa getting the award. It's coming back where it belongs. It's going back home and it's going back to Marissa Coops Cooper for what she pulled the night of the school dance. So real quick. Chris Cooper is the worst of the week. That is MCITW and is brought to you by Wicklow. Wicklow or W-I-C-K-L-W. Wear it before and explore. Get all your out there. Get wicklowwear.com. Type in the promo code VL. Check out 10% off your work. It is $30 on the baseball tees, $20 on the tanks, $40 on the hood sweatshirts. Get at us on Instagram for all of our swag. It goes to Marissa because she tells Ryan like, hey, don't come over because I'm studying. Like I can't hang out with you because I'm studying. Right. At this point, we're cool. She's studying. She calls Ryan, don't come over, I'm studying. Okay, now back. now get back. Sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. So the, the the dudes, the public school dudes come over. Yeah. And at a certain point, they they just show up because she's like, no, nah, I don't really feel like going to this dance, whatever. Summer is convincing her that that's a bad idea, like social suicide, not to go to your school dance when you're trying to make friends. And she's like, oh, yeah, whatever. I'm just staying home. Anyways, new friend crew comes over which is still innocent. New friend crew seems to be like genuinely nice people. They're like, you're coming to this dance with us. Like, we're not going to let you just stay home. Just come and come to the dance. It's going to be fun. Anyways, at this point, Marissa gets talked into coming to the dance. Now, all is fine and well if she just blows a call into Ryan and give him a quick update. That's a quick text. Just That's a quick, a quick text. call or a quick text. <laughs> That's quick. a five word text. It's pretty quick. Yeah. Right. That solves now, everything. Now, what she doesn't do, and I'm assuming this is where you're thinking that was what's making it the worst for this episode, correct? Yeah. She doesn't send that text. Right. Like, <laughs> can you imagine, like, okay, Ryan's already on edge. Like, he already met this crew. He gave the whole, like, hey, man, you fucking with my girl? When he met Johnny, it's clear that, like, Ryan, your boyfriend, is a little uneasy about the new public school crew. Okay, Marissa understand that the fact that she doesn't blow that text into him or throw a quick phone call and then of course ryan shows up and it's the worst look in the world it's like ryan just stops by because he's like you know what she's a little uneasy new school she's not feeling great i'm gonna be a good boyfriend i'm gonna just pop in and i'm gonna make her feel better and then he he rolls in and not only is marissa not in her room studying by herself but she's like mid coming out to the car where these like rambunctious teens are all sitting in this like opened uh the they're in a party jeep. jeep they're in a party jeep like yelling and screaming and ryan just shows up like huh cool so it's a party i'm missing the party apparently he just has to like <laughs> it sucks because you see him have to process the entire situation like in front of everyone right yeah, it, it's brutal. Like if I like, were wait, Ryan, did, was she lying to me? I I don't think she was. Seemingly, they just showed up. I guess I don't know. Should I be mad? I guess I'm not really mad because I'm happy that she's got friends. Meanwhile, no. they're just like, hey, who's this fucking jerk yeah. that's just like, who's this buzzkill guy in the leather jacket? Like, we're trying to party. 
Who's this cheese dick showing up? <laughs> I'm her boyfriend. Be like D bags. Like I don't know. That that was just such a. I I felt that in my stomach. Like I felt. I was like staring at Ryan, but I was staring at buttons, dude. And I was just like buttons. Fuck. And you know, God. I will say this happened off camera for sure. But like you would think, if Marissa wasn't the worst, she would like have like a an explanation to her friends. Like God, I'm sorry, guys. This was like this was such a bad move on me. Like he's actually a nice guy. I just didn't tell him, so he's all confused. Like he's not. He's just that's we surprised him, whatever. But she probably just let them think that he was a giant asshole. Well, yeah, because they eventually Ryan had lunch with her at their school, like the following day in the next episode. And like there clearly was just no buffer from Marissa to the new friend crew. And yeah, like Ryan to, like, to, to play like the rep between like, hey, this is my boyfriend. He's actually a super nice guy. Total misunderstanding. He's not like a jerk meathead. And then the friend crew to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. Just whatever. Yeah, it, it's the, the the buffer thing is Mar- Marissa's later. She's the worst girlfriend. She's the I was worst gonna say, girlfriend. If she wasn't the worst, she'd have done a text and maybe a buffer because the text didn't happen. But she did not neither of those things. So I agree with you. Worst girlfriend of all time gets back into her clear lane that she needs to be on this podcast, which is the MCITW winner. Be free and explore, Marissa. Brought to you by Wicklowware. Only other thing to note in this episode, I think, I think that's big because we'll eventually get to some of the other smaller things. But the Taylor Towns and Dean Hess shit is heating up. I really want to talk about Taylor and Dean Hess. Yeah, yeah. Well, but that, I, I have a yeah. like a personal thank you to the writers, and it's related to the Marissa and Ryan stuff. So I just want to knock this out while we're on it. So we get the two. Weird coincidence things, the one with Johnny at school with the locker where he rolls up, the one where they're all going to the party and Ryan rolls up. So Ryan's like got two strikes, basically looking (laughs) like a freak show. Uh, At a certain point, he decides to go to the dance just to like check in and like see if everything's cool. Dude, such a mistake. Don't. A weird, like overprotective, jealous kind of thing. Like he's down a path, like he's down a weird, jealous Ryan path. Let's just be very clear to the kids. Kids, do not do that. When you and your girlfriend are in a fight and she's like going off or whatever, don't follow her and go there and like like stalk her. Like let just it breathe, kids. Let, let it, breathe. it breathe. Like <laughs> fuck. All right, go ahead. Uh, so okay, so there's two strikes. Ryan shows up to the dance and you're like, oh my god, he is about to just make a complete fool of himself. This is bad news. He's like walking, he sees Marissa, she's hanging with the whole crew, everything's innocent, she's just having fun at a high school dance. Yeah. And he's still about to like go talk to her or something. I don't know. Luckily, Seth Cohen shows up and is just like, do not go in there. That is a giant mistake. Hero move by Seth, by the way. Do not go in there. We're leaving. Let her have a fun night. We'll see her tomorrow. Everything's cool. And Ryan like she's like, okay, yeah, I'm an idiot. That's a good point. In that moment, this is my thank you to the writers. I was convinced, because it's been a while since I saw this, I was convinced that they were going to be about to turn and leave, and she was going to see him oh, there. And I would no. have been strict. And I was going to be like, Jesus Christ, like too much in one episode. Mm, God, that would have sucked. if they. So my yeah, thank you thank is you for writers. them for not doing that. Like they just left, got out of there, and then 
It's all good. And they did that. They did do this thing where like Ryan was standing in the doorway and then he bounced. And then like they showed Marissa looking over into the empty doorway. And for a split second, you were like, no, did she fucking see that he was standing there? Yeah. It was a nice little tease, but yeah, that would have, that would have upset me. I mean, here a move by Seth. If Seth doesn't pull that move, Ryan and Marissa break up that night. What's what's uh, what's that conversation look like if Seth doesn't show up and Ryan just walks over to the punch bowl? Oh, should we just do that hypothetical role play? I'll be Ryan, you be Marissa. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Marissa, what's going on here? Oh, hey, Ryan. What? Uh, it's been what, like twenty minutes? Yeah. What's going on? I don't know. We just got to the dance like 15 minutes ago. Uh, I see a laughing. Punch. I see a laughing with a bunch of friends. Yeah. I t- chilly told a joke. He's like kind of funny, like almost like Seth. So he was like telling a joke. So I was laughing at that. Oh, I, I bet he is you, that little bitch. So why are you here? Straight. Did I like for, did I forget something or no? How about this? How about I walk away and what you start grinding all over Johnny and shit grinding on his dick and stuff. I might have to now. Because I'm not feeling what's going on now. Back that ass up as I back this ass up. I'm fucking out of here. We're done, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> yeah, like, I have no idea what in his mind how that conversation goes. Hey, like, best case scenario is like, hey, how you doing? Just at a dance? Having fun? Okay, see ya. Hey, hey, everything all cool here? Everything copacetic? Cool. Hey, no one's mad. See ya. No, it wouldn't go like that. Yeah fucked out god right uh, here yeah here a move by seth yep taylor and dean hess that's one of the major storylines for the next episode so let's just say let's just call out what happens at the end of this because that is key and then we'll do the bulk of the uh, dean hess and taylor breakdown yeah, when we get I'll to the, handle the call out summer was the party chair one of the social chairs so she planned this amazing beach themed dance and it was just like a hit they did an awesome juxtaposition between the uh the ratty poor person public school dance where they just got a bag of pretzels and some spike punch and then they just get like cross cut immediately to a newport high dance which is just unreal summer plans the whole thing um there's some whatever drama where taylor snakes the social chair away from her and gets up on stage and takes all the credit for the party so Summer's pissed and she's basically just doing some laps around the school just to cool off. She turns a corner. Who does she see making out with Dean Hess? It's Taylor Townsend. <laughs> but fucking Dean Hess just hooking up with jailbait, dude. <laughs> Dean has no younger than like 36 years old, making out with a 17 year old, just like full on, full on pedophilia. And here's the other thing, like in 2020, this is a whole different kind of episode oh because my back God. then it's just like Dean Hess is making out with Taylor drama. <laughs> and nowadays yeah. it'd be like, wait, like a 36 year old man is hooking up with a 17 year old student. Um, can we call the police please? <laughs> Yeah, and we'll get into that a little later. We'll get into that a little later on. But it, uh, yeah, we we will get into them deeper because I I honestly think in episode five, the Taylor Dean Hess shit was legitimately like one of the only two storylines that they discussed, which is yeah weird. Like usually, like in this episode four, there's a million things happening at once. There's 
Charlotte shit happening. There's Seth, Summer, Ryan, Marissa, these new kids from Newport Union, Sandy, Kirsten, Julie Cooper, literally a million things happening. But then episode five was weird because, yeah, it was like Dean Hess, Taylor, and then one other storyline, and that was it. Um, but I, I would be remiss. Leave it there. I would be remiss if I did not <laughs> um, play a little song here as we end episode four. Are you going to Are you going to set up why the song is playing? Well, I was just going to say that Ryan really earned he he he, he accidentally backed his way into some RPs, <laughs> <laughs> some relationship points. But uh, yeah, so what happens is song play. Get that song playing, please do. Ryan does bounce. He does not show his face at the dance. So when he goes home, guess who's sitting in his pool house on his bed? Hmm. Is it Marissa? The MCITW. In the flesh. She's sitting there and she is like so over the moon ecstatic that like Ryan finally like he let her breathe you know he let her go live her life he didn't interrupt he didn't do the normal Atwood thing and she was just so happy and then this song's playing and they do like a slow dance in his pool house bedroom yeah it was awesome it was a uh, as actually because you were talking about this episode had tons of things packed into it this particular song while it's playing there's slow dance in the pool house I'm excited goes into a quintuple montage Oh, definitely. Which was yeah. impressive. So this is very impressive. It was Ryan Marissa juxtaposed with Sad Julie. Then you go to the beach dance with Sess and Summer. And then like a little Dean Hess sprinkled in there. A little Cheryl. And then Sandy and Kirsten. So like clearly all Charlotte, those plot lines Charlotte. are completely different. But for somehow this Forever Young song ties them all together. And I was loving it. Correct. You meant Charlotte, not Cheryl, just as an FYI. Oh, <laughs> But, yeah. I have literally ever named Cheryl in every single instance of my my documents here. <laughs> That's classic you. So, uh, here's the thing: I accidentally might call her Cheryl again. I'm not not making problems. That's all right. Uh, that's okay. That storyline is honestly like very uninteresting to me. If I'm being completely yeah, it's just, honest, it's, it's, yeah, it's not getting me. You forgetting her name is like the perfect distillation <laughs> of that storyline. Yeah, the title of this episode, The Last Waltz, I don't know if that's like a kind of a premonition type thing, maybe a little bit of a spoiler alert, but this might be one of the last times Ryan and Marissa are waltzing mm. together. Yeah, that, that's probably true. Because I'm trying to think, because their relationship is such a roller coaster, this is a clear high point. I don't know if it gets higher than this. I don't think so because right after this is when the Volchek stuff starts happening and, and then it just goes off the rails. Once Volchek shows up, it is just everything yeah. off the rails. Yeah. So before we get to him though, let's transition into this episode five. Uh Ryan trying to bond with Johnny. And this is like a car crash, dude. Watching Ryan try and bond with the the guy who's trying to wedge in on his girlfriend is just like a sad thing to watch. I have written down brutal. They, so like we said, they got like lunch together. 
Ryan showed up to Marissa's school. She, he had lunch with her and then uh, these these other new private school kids. Ryan school. probably dropped her off in the morning and then came over at lunch with <laughs> like with her bag of lunch and then left and then came and picked her up. God, homeschool kids are so lame. <laughs> so Ryan shows up and he's having this conversation with Johnny. And yeah, it was just, it was like, oh God. Like they're bonding over like, going to like trash middle schools and, you know, peewee <laughs> football. And it was, it did answer a question though. Um, and I, I would have to go back on the tape because this <laughs> is, I think this is what my position was when we we're talking about if Ryan played football, he said he played safety in middle school football. Yeah. I think we, we had said linebacker, but like immediately after those podcasts came out and we got called out on it by our friends had wished we didn't call him a linebacker. Cause I don't even think that makes sense. Yeah. He does. Safety is perfect. Like, like he probably has some speed, a little bit of size, and just absolutely no hands. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's why he's not going to be like playing receiver because there's no way he's ever going to catch the ball. I was fine with that, but yeah, that, yeah. that scene was uh, was pretty brutal. I, I didn't love they made Johnny a quarterback. I was like, mm, I get it. He's like tall and skinny, but I feel like Johnny just wouldn't be playing football. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I get if you had to shoehorn him into a position, it might be quarterback or kicker, but like, I, I don't, I just assumed like this surfer kid with a 0% body fat has just never thrown a football like ever <laughs> even with his dad. Uh, safe to say that he said quarterback, like he was a starter safe to say he was at least third string. <laughs> yeah, He wasn't getting in the game. I feel like his legs would break every time you tackle him. So, oh, you know, I did think talking about Ryan, because Ryan, this was a Ryan heavy episode, dude. Heavy Ryan. Yeah. Buttons Ryan had a uh, a fire clip. You know, we want to make sure that we call out like the emotional moments in this show, because sometimes we really get that. Mm, that's good stuff. And oh. I felt like we got that uh, when Ryan has just decided that. Everyone's always feeling the need to leave. Like everyone's like, God, things are getting tough. I know the answer. I leave. <laughs> Ryan, the things are getting tough. So he gets his new best friend, Johnny, to hook him up <laughs> with a, a fisherman's job. <laughs> hey, you know how we had that uh, four and a half minute conversation at the lunch table the other day? And yeah, you know, yeah. Like with JV. That your uncle was a fisherman. Right. Uh, does he have any jobs or? Oh, he'll hook you up. Okay, because yeah, I'm on a, a boat. Yeah, I'd like to be a fisherman. Oh, dude, you got the job. That's all you need. Perfect. <laughs> so everyone's pissed in the Cohen household because they're like, Ryan, what the fuck, dude? This is the reason we adopted you was to like turn your life around. And like we've spent all this money, time, and effort and energy into just like full on raising you because like we want to improve your path in life. And so Ryan's just going to like up and quit because things get a little tough. Cause he punched out the Dean. I mean, dude, we've all been there. Yeah. We've all punched out the Dean. We've all done it. So I, I just, I, I think it's a bullshit move by Ryan. It's basically a slap in the, in the face to like Sandy and this family that's raised you and everything. But then there was this fire clip where I was like, damn, that was some good stuff. Uh, when, Ryan is talking back to Sandy. Here it is. So you want to throw away your future so you can go work on a fishing boat? Come on, my future's already trashed. 
Tried it your way. It didn't work. You have to keep trying. No, I don't. I have been trying. And I appreciate everything you've done for me. I really do. But I need to make my own decisions. And I am asking you to let me go. damn so then i was like fucking buttons dude he's got to find his own way he really does i um the parents obviously are asking about it marissa asks him the same thing about like like why kind of like what's your move because it's not like he's getting a job at a coffee shop and then like doing something on the side like trying to get something else going while he's like making money for that he's like he's gonna be a fisherman when he's out for three four weeks at a time he never really explains why he wants to do this move or like, like what it's part of. Maybe it's just like to buy yourself some time because if you're going to be a fisherman, like it's, you're just gone for like a month and then you come back. I guess he's maybe, I don't know if he's trying to get money to make a move or, or what, but. They were treating it as if it was like he was leaving forever. I kept thinking that I'm like this fishing boat, it's just going out for three weeks. I mean, yeah, it's probably not going to go any farther than like five miles off the coast. I think they took it as more, it was like a symbolic him leaving. Like this is step one. Like if, if we let him go, yes, this is just a quick three week fisherman trip, but like he's going to be gone forever. I think you're right because the hammer that home, he popped on the gray hoodie when it was time to go. Oh, yep. So, you know, when, when the, when he puts the wife beater on gray hoodie, maybe a blue jacket over top on that gray hoodie jeans and then his six foot in his six inch boots dude and he's out that's a rambling man if i've ever seen one it was hilarious when he's got that gray hoodie on he goes down to the dock to meet the captain and (laughs) at a certain point he calls the boat she like he's a real oh no he's like he's like when's she shipping out (laughs) (laughs) it's like yeah, congratulations, Ryan. You got the lingo right, guy. Yeah, it's like, dude, Ryan, just like get on the boat, you fucking greenhorn. Start baiting it up. Like bait it up. <laughs> yeah. Start putting the bait on. Like it's stop stop trying to talk like you're the captain of the ship. And you're this like salty dog that's been on the uh been in the open seas for years and years. I'm I'm trying to think, should we continue on this ryan thing because the other big storyline in episode five is obviously all that stuff going on with summer i say let's finish this ryan thing and be done with it because i think we want to end with like the summer dean has sandy stuff yeah yeah for sure i think we've said all that needs to be said about ryan well we need to talk about how marissa jedi mind tricks him to like stay because this was actually pretty fucking sweet that was sick she shows up to the docks like on the day that he's about to like ship off and she's like clip i couldn't let you leave without telling you how i really felt you see i couldn't figure out why i was so mad at you and then i realized it's because you're doing what my dad did you see he left and ran away on a boat now you are too so i guess that makes you just as much of a coward as he is and you know what running away never really helped him at all 
Essentially, it's like, hey, bitch, you're going to be like a coward, exactly like my bullshit dad. Fuck you, dude. Like, that's exactly what the, what the whole vibe was. Yeah, uh, that's it, how to get anybody to do anything you want. It's just compare them to Jimmy, compare what they're doing in that moment to yeah. Jimmy Cooper. And it's like, oh, yeah, shit, I want to be Jimmy Cooper. Oh, no. Ooh. Ooh. By the way, um, the last podcast was essentially just like a lot of Jimmy Cooper talk so much so that titled the podcast, uh, Jimmy Cooper is the poop emoji. And <laughs> I feel like Tate Donovan, we may no longer have him in our back pocket as like a friend of the pod because you went in every time. No, 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 nothing. I did go into him pretty aggressively, but I know he didn't listen. So that's neither here nor there. I do know, though, that when I tag him on Instagram, he does see the post because so far, every time I've tagged him, he's liked it. So I tagged him in this one that was just titled Jimmy Cooper is the poop emoji. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't like it. <laughs> so oh, damn, we're burning the bridge. Tate Donovan, friend of the pod, may just like not be a friend of the pod anymore. Maybe for whatever reason. Yeah, I don't know. Don't beat yourself. Maybe for whatever reason that day he didn't check every single one of his mentions. Well, he doesn't get many, I'm assuming. So he didn't check like his one mention from me that day. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he's out of pocket. Who knows? Out of pocket. Yeah, we'll just assume he is. I did see he posted on his Instagram story that night, though. So he wasn't totally out of pocket. But yeah, he's probably out of pocket. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get him back. We'll get him back. But yeah, okay. Now let's let's go to the other big storyline here, which is Summer and Seth are trying to expose Dean Hess and Taylor. They think that if they can expose them for having this jailbait on teacher relationship, that it's gonna somehow get Ryan back in school. Yep. That's what they think. They got yeah, they're desperate. They're grasping at at jailbait straws pretty aggressively now i was confused because i was like how's this blackmail gonna work like i like how's that gonna get ryan back in school like they expose that dean hess is hooking up with a student like who cares that's not gonna get some kid that punched this this dean like just oh all good but then i realized how they're doing it yeah blackmail straight to the core you blackmail dean hess Oh yeah, Ta- like like Taylor is just a pawn in this game because totally. she has she has no power to get Ryan reinstated. You know, um, you know, I, I would assume she has just as much as incentive as Dean has to keep this a secret, but she's got no swing. She's got no sway. By the way, I, I, Dean has got introduced when I wasn't on, so I just I'm just like yeah. What are your quick. Dean Hess thoughts? <laughs> That character is unreal. It's just the classic evil guy that does not exist in real life. <laughs> no redeeming for, qualities. For some reason, totally plays on these shows. But like that, yeah. that guy who spends so much extra free time just really making life miserable for 16, 17-year-olds. Oh, that's why in the last pod, we gave him the Ryan Phillippe Practice Era Award because we were like, this guy's showing up to school dances in his free time he's going to kick off carnivals in his free time like saturday at 10 p.m he's and putting he clearly on his... doesn't like the kids so no yeah what are you doing 
he is going so above and beyond <laughs> puts on his full Harbor uniform blazer and tie and everything and goes out to the, the kickoff carnival at, at, you know, midnight on a Saturday. It's like, dude, guy, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, dude, Dean has, <laughs> it's sad. It's sad it's what sad. he's doing. So this pathetic loser is uh, he's like the main cog in Ryan not getting back into the school. And he's also put like this, this like red letter on Ryan's transcripts and shit. Right. So like colleges, they'll see that they're not going to take him, dude. No, no school's going to take him. Not with that. Dean Hess has the power to blackball Ryan from college. So outline summer's diabolical plan to take him down so basically you think at first that she's going to try to well first she gets taylor townsend on board she confronts taylor and is basically like hey we've got this juice on you at first i thought she was going to try to like you know milk that a little bit because she hates taylor but she just cuts right to the chase she's like i'm not going to mess around with you we know this juice that sucks for you and then it kind of cuts away and you're not really sure like where that goes. Just like what? She has played her hand with Taylor. That sucks. And then anyways, the Sandman shows up mm. to Dean Hess's office. Mm-hmm. And at this point, you know, you know, something heavy is about to happen. <laughs> Game on kids. She called in the heavy hitter. Sandy is awesome at blackmail. Oh yeah. I feel like he's blackmailed at least five characters in the first two, two seasons. Oh, totally. Look, we give mainly me, not you, but I give Sandy a whole lot of shit. But like you back Sandy into a corner. This guy's going to blackmail his way the fuck out. Yeah. Like with talents, like he talents and like uses the talents, claws his way out, blackmail style. And it's cool. It's awesome. He's great at it. He was born to blackmail. 100%. But anyways, he rolls into the office and you slowly start to connect the dots. Like, Oh, he's, he's in on the plan. He's in with Seth and summer. And so he lays out this whole thing to Dean Hess. Like, Hey, he's got a flip, like a flip phone kind of, what are those? Phones it's a sidekick. Are? Yeah. A sidekick. It's a T-Mobile sidekick. He's got a, he's got a T-Mobile sidekick and he flips it open to Dean Hess does this little preamble where he's starting to like ease his way into the blackmail, kind of like just real slithering, like flips open the sidekick. And it's back when like having pictures and videos on your phone was kind of like a novel thing. Only two <laughs> yeah. OC people have this. Yeah. And he's like, Hey, funny. Uh, it's a really cool thing about this phone. It uh, takes pictures and then you can upload the pictures to the web. And I just so happen to have a couple pictures of you making out with a co-ed at a high school dance. Which he does not have. Which he does Smoking not have. So it's just like, that's how you know Sandy has just got it. He's got the knowledge that this makeout happened. He has no pictures, but nope. he knows Dean Hess not going to call the bluff. Yeah, because they got all the information from Taylor to confirm it. So they know, and Summer saw it. So they know it went down. So now all Sandy has to do is he has to go in there with Dean Hess and act like he's got proof. Correct. Now, Dean Hess easily gets out of this by just saying, show me the proof. <laughs> right. But for Which some he reason- doesn't because it's almost like Dean Hess. Yeah. And that, and then Dean Hess is like, well, nobody's going to believe a student or whatever, whatever, blah, 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 blah. 
Yeah, but you know, now that I'm thinking about it, even if Dean Hess had said, like, hey, show me the proof, bitch, like, I guarantee Sandy would have had an answer up his sleeve. Like, oh, he did. Oh, yeah. I could show it to you, but I don't think I'm going to. I think I'm just going to, like, show this to the district attorney. Maybe have him take a look. He said school board. (laughs) So that's why. That's why I w- I want to hype up Sandy even more. Like I-, I might as well just tip my hand. Sandy's getting the MVP. So <laughs> yeah, that's because yeah. like really what he should have done <laughs> was to take this to the police. Yeah, but that doesn't get Ryan reinstated back into school. Exactly. Yep. So, so that's, that's the, the key. reason why Sandy is so awesome is that he says, "Listen, I'm not going to take this to the police. <laughs> you get Ryan reinstated." And then we're cool. You can go on being a pedophile <laughs> as, as long as Ryan's back in high school. So it doesn't have All he did was like that movie Spotlight when the priests get caught like sexually molesting little children. Yeah. They just get moved to other parishes. And yeah. Sandy, who is in the midst of blackmailing just like tunnel vision to get Ryan reinstated essentially allows that situation to happen they let this predator just (laughs) the total monster go on to some other school and and hook up with some other taylor townsend 15 and a half year old at some other school because yeah and you're like you gotta you gotta keep in mind that taylor was just like an easy target she has no friends nobody likes her she's kind of like desperately seeking approval so this fucking predator just zeroes in on he's just gonna do the same shit so i mean yeah, shit, probably not the most scrupulous thing for Sandy, but he's still getting the MVP for overlooking that and getting Ryan back into Harbor. Yeah, dude, he gets him back in. He totally does. Look, two things. One, just to tie a bow on Dean Hess. That guy really dodged a bullet, so <laughs> we'll see. But I, if I'm Dean Hess, I'm walking away from that going, hey, I got away with that one. Totally got away with that child like all, molestation. Like, all I have to do is not hold a weird grudge against the 17-year-old. Cool. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. I guess then now I'm totally scot-free on just like the, the full-on rape. Second part. <laughs> second part is um, I, I like Sandy getting it. You know, I, yeah. I own a Sandy Cohen shirt. He's he's been shit on way too much by me on this podcast over the years. And I I think he's due. He's due and he's deserving. He doesn't he this is right. This is right that that he had his money. I mean, Sandy's a man with a great tie. He can hold his family up financially by himself, and he's sick at blackmail. That's an MVP type guy. As always, brought to you by the industry of Japanese denim. And cool for Sandy, like he's getting MVPs on this pod sponsored by Japanese Denim, and that Japanese Denim also sponsors his semi-pro surfing career. Yeah, so, that's huge. That's what you call synergy. It, that's synergy. <laughs> just to bring it full circle. All right, that's it from me. Anything else for you, or should we just go watch this Thursday night football game and watch us all lose money? Let's let's win this money. <laughs> all right, dude, kids. Watch a little football before you tuck in, but then after you watch this football and after you watch the VL podcast lose a bunch of money, we hope you have a really good night's sleep. You get real warm, real comfortable. And Pat, why don't you tell those kids what they need to do? Clear eyes, full hearts. Do less, kids.
do way less. You can follow us on Instagram at Vicarious Living Podcast and listen to all of our episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. You know you found us when you find a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Steven's there, just not pictured. Steven and Elsie, both there, just not pictured.